Well, I'm Todd Arnett. I'm so glad to get to be here with you um, as we are continuing in a series called Handle, Handle with Care. And this whole series, if you're um, maybe first time with us in a few weeks, I'll catch you up real quick. We've been looking at God's design for our sexuality and what is it that he has as the creator of all things, including the way he's wired us, the way that he has designed our lives to go. What is his design and how are we to live according to it? And so we've been in three weeks of teaching, looking at God's word and walking through a lot of those issues of what is his design what is a counterfeit to that design. And then today, we're gonna actually, this week and next, take some time to go in a little different route. And I'm real excited, I'll tell you about that in just a second. One of the things I wanted to let you know about, if you saw our social media at the end of this week, is that we have a survey that is kind of related to this series that we'd love to get some feedback from you, in particular, even give you the opportunity. We knew, right, we've said it from the beginning, that there's gonna be so many parts of this topic that we wouldn't be able to address Address. We just knew, we said, brace for disappointment because we knew these weren't going to happen. However, our teaching, or our, um, our tangible takeaways that we'll shoot this week and next, we actually are going to devote to some of the issues or the questions that we didn't get to address in this series that you would like to know more about, or at least, hey, what about this passage in scripture? Hey, what about this idea? What about this issue? And so if you would do this, if you would get out your phone and text the word survey to 64567, that will send you back a link to that form. It's a type form. It'll probably take you literally less than a minute to just give us a couple feedback points. And if you have any questions or, or things that you think would be worth our time in tangible takeaways to discuss further, let us know. And then we'll use those for foundation for the next couple of weeks in those conversations. I hope you are subscribed to our YouTube channel, and then you'll get updates when new Tangible Takeaways episodes pop up, and you'll be able to have that. Well, um, so in this series, as we've been walking this out, one of the things that we've been very thoughtful of, I was sharing with some folks this last week, it has been a series on the one hand, we've talked about God's design, and, and that's a great thing. It's an incredible gift he's given us in this thing of our sexuality and even specifically sex in this um, relationship, this covenant relationship of a man and a woman in marriage for their lifetimes. And these are great things to talk about, but every single week that I have been up on this stage, it has been a palpable just heaviness over our room. And it's been true in our different campuses, true for you, maybe even online, you may have sensed that. And there's good reason why that's the case. But today what I'm really excited about is I feel like part of that heaviness is, Todd, when I think about God's design, there are areas of my life that don't match up. And then the obvious question, and we've said this is a series that's not intended to cast shame. It's a series really intended to develop hope. And so within that, one of the things I wanna share with you this week and next are two different stories of the way that God has redeemed powerfully things that did not go according to his design. And my hope is that you will walk away with a sense of if God could redeem that in their lives, Maybe there's an opportunity that he could redeem something in my story as well. And that's our hope. So I'm so excited for you to get to meet and get to hear her story of one of our own amazing women here at HTC. Her name's Heather Dodge. Would you put her, your hands together for her? Welcome her out. Hi, Todd. All right. 
All right, go ahead and take a seat. We rehearse taking seats, so we we're pretty good at this now. We know where we to sit. We got this part figured out. Um, <laughs> yes. What I wanted you to do, just to even begin, there are people, you're really involved in our Apple Valley campus. You've been yes. involved in kids' ministries there and mm-hmm. very um, busy family life as well. Tell us a little bit just even about your family. Help us get to know you a little bit. Okay. Well, me and my husband, Tommy, we just celebrated our 14th wedding anniversary, and um, we have four kids, um, two boys, two girls. They're um, 12, six, five, and four. And um, we're just a busy family between school and baseball and um, spending time together. Um, We are very busy. I think as soon as we heard their ages, we just went, oh, you're in it. Yes. You're, you're definitely in it. This is what this is. It makes me think back to, right, our last series or a series ago about don't blink. You yes. guys are, are like, man, it is going quick. And uh, you have a, a, just a wonderful family. One of the things that I thought would be helpful for our time today and not only getting to know your context now, but even the context of even the things we're gonna talk about. Tell us a little bit about your family of origin, Mm -hmm. kind of what it was like growing up, where you grew up, things like Mm -hmm. that. Well, I have pretty much grown up in the desert almost my entire life. Um, My parents and my younger sister and I started attending HDC when I was about eight years old. Uh, We were invited by a family friend and uh, we became Christians shortly after that and became really involved here at HGC. Uh, I've been part of HGC ever since. And um, so I grew up here at this church and in this desert um, and uh, have not only had my immediate family, but this church is my family uh, with me. That's huge, and that's, that's really impressive when you think about literally a few decades, a couple decades, this has really mm-hmm. been home. Yes. And um, that's so great to know. Mm-hmm. Now, I was thinking back, I met you and I met your family when we first came here at what I like to call my 1.0 time in mm-hmm. HTC. It was in 2002 in the fall. Your parents were serving in our family ministries as coaches for other family group leaders mm-hmm. and uh, just great folks. I love your parents. And so got to get to know you and your sister Mm -hmm. and your mom and dad. And that was in the fall of 2002. But the things that are really gonna start our conversation more so today really happened just right after that, kind of in the later part of that year. Mm -hmm. So maybe kind of walk us back a little bit about that season kind of right before Christmas 2002. Yeah, so um, I, it's interesting, I don't really think about this time super often, but I can literally give you every single detail of those years. Um, but I was 14 and it was um, Christmas break, so it was a couple days before Christmas. My best friend and I had um, planned a sleepover and this wasn't very abnormal. She lived down the street. We were at each other's houses all the time. Um, but this sleepover was gonna be a little bit um, different. Um, I had a 14-year-old plan that I was going to try alcohol. And in my head, it was gonna be perfect. I was going to go there, I was gonna try alcohol, her parents were gonna be there, so I was gonna be safe, they would protect me. I'd go home the next day, I wouldn't get in trouble, and um, it would be fine. Um, and if you know anything about a 14-year-old's plans, they never <laughs> work out that way. It did not work out that way. Um, I ended up getting really intoxicated and um, passing out. 
Um, and because it was the holidays, they also had family that were staying with them in town. And um, I was left alone and I was not well. And um, her uncle raped me when I was there. Um, I woke up the next day and I did not feel good. Um, I remember everything about it. I remember not really understanding 100% of what happened. I had never had sex before. I was um, in a pretty sheltered home as far as um, knowing things about that. And so I, I just remember um, not being able to stop what was happening to me, um, but I also did not fully understand the extent of it. Um, and so the next morning I went home and uh, I was really not feeling well, but I was determined to never tell anybody what had happened. And I probably would have gotten away with that um, for probably as long as I wanted to. Um, but as time went on, I realized like there was something wrong. Um, I was not well from that. And so I finally got up the courage to talk to my parents and let them know what was happening. Um, because I thought that I might be pregnant. And so I went to the hospital. It was one of the longest days of my life. And I walked out of that hospital finding out that I was six months pregnant. And at that time, now I'm 15, um, and I have like to figure out the rest of my life, basically. I have to decide what I'm going to do. The cops get involved. Um, we have pastors at our, at our house. We have people at our house helping my family just through this situation. Um, I'm thankful that my parents were, were able to get me to be able to see all the different options I had um, and also start the process of going to the police and different things like that, things that I didn't really want to do or deal with, um, but they really helped me through that. Um, I will was able to make the decision, the really, really hard decision that I was going to pursue adoption um, for my son. And um, we also went through a lot of things just with um, the court case and different things like that. And we've, we were surrounded by this church as a family, definitely, during that time. So I just want you to process just for a second. Yeah, there's a freshman in high school She's raped over Christmas break. She becomes aware she's pregnant late spring, early summer, mm -hmm. and has a child in August. She hasn't even a sophomore in high school yet. And so I do remember that time. Like mm -hmm. I said, we were just new here and trying to come alongside you and your parents. Yeah. Um, that's just a lot. Heather. It was. It's, uh, it's impressive. When you look back on that time and you see the way that God was providing for you. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that you would just go, these were ways that God was taking care of me in the middle of a really horrible situation? Yeah. I think um, the fact that we were so involved um, here at HGC, that really helped me um, be able to rely on God. And I, I noticed that um, the times that, when we were going through all of this, the times that I was, praying and in the Bible and um, just leaning on God, I, 
I was doing so much better and the times I wasn't, it, it was harder for sure. Um, I know that um, my parents got me into counseling right away and I know that really helped um, me just kind of process a lot of the things because there was a lot of anger and sadness and not understanding why this had happened. A lot of, um, if I just wouldn't have went there, if I wouldn't have drink, and, and having to come to the realization that nothing that I did um, w should have been the result of what happened to me. Um, and having to figure all that out, all at the same time of figuring out how to process being pregnant and all those different things, none of that should be happening. And so how am I going to deal with that? And I really had to do that just relying um, on God and, and using the tools that I was learning in counseling to kind of overcome that and not let that anger and bitterness set in. That's so powerful. And I think about, right, when, when we think about things that other people go through, what we go through, and we think about the way that God provides so many times, it's like what you just described. It's a sequence of things. Mm -hmm. It is this powerful presence of God via his spirit in our lives. But then he brings people around us. Obviously your parents were incredibly mm -hmm. loving and helpful um, counselors that you could process with. And mm -hmm. all. It's just amazing when we think that we feel very alone mm -hmm. and yet what a great reminder that God was putting people in place mm -hmm. to be that. And I love that your, your statement about even your church family mm -hmm. being a part of that is so great. Part of, and there's more to this story we're gonna keep telling, but as you process it out, one of the things that is our kind of theme for today uh, and even next weekend is this idea of what God's redeeming in the midst of that. Mm -hmm. When you think about some of the things that were even in that initial season or even now still today, what are some of the threads of redemption that you see through such a, a difficult situation? Yeah, well, I think out of all the things, one of the things that I found was, was forgiveness. I was able to forgive myself for anything that I was feeling, any anger that I had, but at the end of the day, I was able to forgive the man that raped me. And I did not do that on my own. I definitely did that like through God. And I stood in that courthouse and I forgave him even though he raped me and he took my childhood. I did that not because of me, but because of God being there with me. I was able to make like the hard decision of placing my son for adoption. Um, and I did that because of God. And I was able to move on and find some peace in my life because of God. And, you know, I'm here. Um, this week will be 20 years since my son was born and I'm here and I'm thriving and doing well in life and been able to process um, what God has put me through um, because of that and, and what God has done in my life because of that. And I've been able to sh show other people um, that there is life past these hard situations um, and that God is there to walk you through that valley. Um, and I think that I was able, because I was able to find forgiveness and all that, I've been able to find a, a great peace. Um, that's something that I always remember during the situation was feeling this like very strange, like you should never feel so peaceful. 
as you are processing and going through these situations. But I always had that and I always remember making that comment um, to people that I, I just feel at peace about it. And I know that that was God walking me through this. Isn't that great? It makes me think of that passage in the New Testament and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, mm -hmm. that peace that passes understanding. Like, I don't know how I can be having this right now when I would think, and most anyone around me would think, I should be going crazy right now. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but God giving that grace, that gift, to yeah. allow you to stay steady. Let me clarify, by the way, I found this so important in, I think it was in our family series. We did a week on forgiveness, and Heather and I have talked be very careful to not confuse forgiveness with the idea like, and everything's fine and like nothing ever happened. Mm -hmm. I know Heather doesn't think that. I just wanna make sure you don't think she's saying that because that's not what forgiveness means. There was a jail penalty. Mm -hmm. As a result, there were natural consequences that came when you violate someone in our country and rightfully so. And so it's not to say forgiveness is and then we just act like nothing ever happened. That's very different from what Heather's describing. There's the ability to go, I know exactly what happened. My life is forever changed, but I'm not gonna allow bitterness to overtake me and not be able to experience that peace. Yeah. So I just, I remember as we were talking, and by the way, just so you know, Heather's, you've shared this story mm -hmm. in different situations, but I think it was the first time that you probably shared it Heather was actually a, going to be a senior in high school. I was speaking to junior high students up at Hume Lake. Just think of the resolve of this wonderful young woman where she's gonna be a senior in high school and our high school group is at Hume Lake. I'm speaking at the junior high camp and I say, Heather, it would be so powerful if I could interview you and junior high kids could hear what God has done in your life and even what he's brought you through. And even if they might be flirting with 14 year old mm -hmm. plans, right, that don't go right. And Heather came over on a night, she, we couldn't even tape the service mm -hmm. because the court case was going on. <clears throat> and I'll tell you, I've never seen wider eyed eighth grade girls in my life mm -hmm. who are processing that what had happened to Heather was only a year ahead of where they were at in life at that time. And it was so powerful, just like it is today, mm -hmm. for people to hear not only what you've been through, but where you're at and what God's redeeming. So I'm just so grateful. It's so, so cool to hear. One of the things in our conversations that we've had more recently about your story is you were really committed to something early on and, and still through. And that is, I don't want to just survive this. Mm -hmm but there's really a sense of, I don't think this has to be the end of my life. I don't think this has to be the thing that defines me forever. And it's not, and that's mm -hmm. beautiful. There's so many people, if you know Heather from our church, those that you're watching online, you'll be like, I did not know this was Heather's story. And this is what is so powerful about that piece. But in that, you had mentioned that there's a, a Bible character that you seem to really like. That's someone I relate to. Tell us a little bit unpack that for us. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of trying to figure out how, what it really means to thrive, to not just survive. And I, I know a lot, even just in every day, a lot of times we are trying to just make it to the weekend, make it to our next goal, make it to whoever it is. And, and I just had this feeling that that's not how we're supposed to be living. 
<clears throat> to just survive till the next thing. And that's definitely how I felt um, going through this situation and other situations in my life. And when um, I was teaching in children's ministry, I started teaching on the story of Joseph to the kids. And I remember how that story just kind of wrecked me a little bit, how every time he thought things were getting better, they didn't, <laughs> they got worse. Um, and how he always just trusted in God. Um, and I remember just thinking like, oh, gosh, I, I wanna be like him, but I was not feeling that way. Um, during that time, uh, my husband and I were going through secondary infertility and I was really just trying to figure out like, why do these things just keep happening? Why can't I just like live an okay life? Why do I have to keep having these valleys, God? And so I started reading um, this book. Um, it's by Mark Hall, um, Thrive. And in this book also, he talks about the story of Joseph and it just, was like, okay, this is, this is somebody that I need to be kind of learning more about. And he goes through this like series of unfortunate events and I, I felt so similar to him in feeling like there was this series of things that kept happening in my life where I had to keep trusting in God that he would be there with me. And so I, wanted, I brought um, part of it, I wanted to read a part um, in here and it's, it's not in here anymore. The paper fell out. <laughs> Could, I think it's on your iPad. Could I see that? Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> I didn't, the, my paper did not stay marked. Oh, nope, never mind. I found it. It there did stay marked. Okay. Um, so this is the part that I just loved out of this book. And it's his description of Joseph. And it made me um, really understand him a little bit more. Um, in Genesis seven, we learn about Joseph, the favorite son of Jacob. In jealousy, his brothers sell him into slavery. He ends up in Egypt as a slave to Potiphar. Even in his, even in his situation, he trusts God and God blesses him. He moves up the ranks in Potiphar's house. Genesis 39.3 says, when his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and God blessed Potiphar's entire household because of Joseph. <clears throat> Potiphar's wife, seeing the success of Joseph, makes a play for him. After he rejects her, she accuses him before Potiphar and Joseph is sent to jail. Genesis 39, 21 says, but while Joseph was still there, the Lord was with him. But God was still with Joseph, even in prison. The prison guard put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners. Everywhere Joseph ended up, God blessed him and he ended up in charge. While in prison, Joseph interpreted dreams for some of Pharaoh's employees. Years later, when Pharaoh was having dreams he couldn't understand, Joseph was called to interpret them. Once again, seeing that Joseph was a man of God, Pharaoh puts him in control of all of Egypt. Egypt goes through a famine and they prosper because of Joseph. Not only that, but he's even reunited with his family when his brothers are forced to come to Egypt to buy grain. Joseph was confident in the God that made promises to him. And when tough times came, he rested in God. He <clears throat> at times may have been surviving, but it was clear that he thrived. Joseph could have treated his brothers with revenge, hatred, and anger. He could have been bitter, resentful, and poured out wrath on them. Instead, he forgave them because he trusted that he was where God want, had, 
he trusted that he was there because God had a plan. He had not sold him into slavery. He would not have ended up in charge of his family and would not have been blessed during the famine. God orchestrated everything. Joseph thrived because he was rooted in Christ and he trusted God's plan for his life. Even in the tough times, even when it would have been easier to give up and throw in the towel, Joseph lived a life that sought God and pointed others to God. He was rooted in what God promised him and never quit helping others. And I just, when I read that, I thought so many people would tell me, you have every right to just jump off the deep end, to kind of go crazy, and I never did that. And it's because I always wanted people to see God working through my life, that when I, although had many times of anger, I didn't want that to win. I wanted God to win at the end of this. I wanted people to see God through what I did in, in my life. And when I see that Joseph trusted God, even when those hard times happened, he could have been all those things and he wasn't. It really was a, a great connector for me on how I wanted to see the story of my life kind of play out in the end. So great, I love that, Heather. What a cool thing. I love biblical narratives because they help us kind of find ourselves a little mm -hmm. bit in these shoes or sandals particularly. Mm -hmm. And we go, God, I can relate, right? Yeah. And that's so rich that that book connected that dot to that mm -hmm. narrative. And you guys, when Heather and I sat down, it was really amazing. We were talking about some of the things that Heather's done and shared. This is a significant part of her story, but as you were even sharing about kind of new challenges that would mm -hmm. come much later than that initial thing at 14 and 15, there's just so many ways that you've just continued to trust God for difficult things. And I just love that. And you've talked on different topics related to having problems, having kids, adopting kids. I mean, all kinds mm -hmm. of really great things. And I just love that. And, and I just want to affirm that what you said is true. Like you didn't just want that, mm -hmm. but that's been evident in your life and so great. Thank you. There are in this topic specifically or even broadly, mm -hmm. as we talk about God redeeming difficult things, it's one thing for people to watch, hear about the heartache and the trauma that you've been through and yet what God's been faithful and proven himself. It's another thing for others to be here in Powell tonight or watching online and be processing. I might not have Heather's exact story, but I have a story where mm -hmm. someone has done something against me, very obviously outside of God's design. Mm -hmm. And I am, I'm working through that. I am not doing well. Mm -hmm. I am doing the best I can all over the map. Heather, what would you say to someone who is processing that reality today for them? Mm -hmm. I think that I would say first that you're not alone, that God is with you. Um, but just in general, these type of subjects, um, sexual abuse in general, is, it's not talked about enough. Um, and when you do spend the time to start talking about it, you realize that there are more people in the room than you realize that have a story similar to you. And when you do start talking about it, you realize that loneliness kind of dwindles down. There's, 
it's not there as much anymore. Um, but it can feel very, very lonely otherwise. And so that would be my second thing is that if you haven't talked to somebody about it, if you haven't gone through counseling, um, I would encourage you to pray um, that God would start that in your life, that they would put somebody in your life that would get you talking about it, that you would feel comfortable with somebody um, because there is healing on the other side of all of this. Um, I have... Um, done a lot of that work. I, I initially went to counseling, but I've went back to counseling several times. Whenever I have felt like it has affected me, um, it changed who I was. Um, it's not who I am, but it changed who I was. It made me um, the daughter, the sister, the wife, the mother that I am now. Um, I can't say that I would be that exact person if this didn't happen to me. Um, but I have processed it and done a lot of the work to find healing in that and to be able to be the best I can be in those positions. Um, because it does, it affects your relationships, it affects your friendships, it affects so much um, that if you are not um, processing that, it can really be harmful to you. And so I would encourage you um, to go get that help if you haven't. And I feel like, Heather, as you're saying that, I almost hear two really powerful things. On the one hand, we'd want you to know, Heather would want you to know, I would want you to know you're not alone, that there are many people who sadly have stories that are relatable. But then hear the other part of what Heather said, and not only are you not alone, but you're not meant to go it alone, mm -mm. right? You're not meant to go just buck up, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, just try harder. And I love, Heather, how such a significant part of your story keeps coming back to the way that God used counselors, not just even in that immediate season, mm -hmm. but over the years. And I love how you've just been like, and that's what I needed help. Mm -hmm. And there's a great humility that comes with that, that I think for some of us is just hard. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, I can do it. And the reality mm -hmm. is, no, you can't, and mm -hmm. it's okay. And we want, it, we want to get you in touch with some people who can. I want to do this before I tell you more. Can you just thank Heather for sharing this with us tonight? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I want to tell you, you saw your notes today and they look very different. Take a look real quick. What I love is we were thinking about passages from scripture that could be encouraging to you, whether you have ever been on the side of being a victim of sexual assault, sexual abuse. These passages resonate with that. The first three of which are all ones that I asked Heather. Heather, as you were walking this out, what specific places did God just keep bringing encouragement to you? And the first three on the first page were the ones that she noted. And I love that you did that for us. And you'll note the first and second page are those. And then you get to the middle of the third page and you'll note our resources are there again. Now, we love again the series. I think the ongoing lasting value is that you would get a hold of our resource list of different podcasts, articles, books, websites. It's just so good on so many topics. Just text laundry to 64567 and that link will come back to you. But we noted some in particular that are focused on this topic and you'll note the first two on the third page. One is a booklet, this booklet that Mike Roberts lent to me, um, Sexual Abuse, Beauty for Ashes. And these are just a real quick read, but really helpful. 
There's also websites there. A great ministry I came across in getting ready for this weekend is called the Hope Line. Dawson McAllister has been doing youth ministry literally for decades, and this is a ministry connected to his larger ministry, and a great ebook, a free ebook is there that you could just go through, and like Heather said, I think the, no, the, the percentage was 92% of cases of sexual abuse or sexual assault are never reported. Just process that. That's overwhelming. So that, that ebook is really helpful. But as Heather was talking about counseling, um, in-person counseling, if you've ever been recommended to someone from our pastors, it's usually someone with Genesis Christian Counseling Services here in the high desert, but also a brand new service that we've just really become aware of and are thankful for is called Faithful Counseling. And it's actually something you do via Zoom or phone call. But again, we have vetted these counselors. They counsel according to the word of God. And I know that they could be helpful to you as well. Mm -hmm. So please don't sidetrack that piece about the importance of counseling and how much we believe that's gonna be a, a pathway towards healing, towards forgiveness, and as Heather said so well, towards thriving. So I wanna take a minute, Heather, to thank God for you and what God's continuing to do in your story, and then to pray for our, our church family. Father God, um, like we said earlier today, it has been a heavy series for a host of reasons. This particular story of Heather's and as she shared with us is great reason to acknowledge that reality, that there are so many people who have experienced violations against them that have in no way been according to your design. And what I'm so grateful for in Heather's life then and Heather's life today is the way that you have been so faithful, the way that you have been so strong, the way that you have been so redemptive of pieces that were broken and hurting and continue to thread them together towards hope and healing. And I'm so grateful for that. It's just such a great example of what you've done. I thank you not only for Heather's desire to not just survive this, but to thrive through it. And I thank you too, God. You are always the hero of the story. I thank you that you have been so utterly faithful to her and never, never been out of sight, never been a God who she couldn't depend upon. And I say to you, church family today, if you're here and you're hearing Heather's story and you, on the one hand, recognize, I need help. I need to figure out how to walk this out, how to find healing for something that's happened. I just pray you would take these next steps that we've talked about today. But maybe you're here too and you would say, Todd, the healing that I need first at the root of everything is that I don't have a relationship with God. I've never responded to his love and the invitation of the gospel. And I would just remind you that begins with a world that God created perfectly, but as sin entered into the world and you have been born into it, would you A, admit that you're a sinner who needs a savior? Would you B, believe that Jesus is the only savior available, that he lived a sinless life, he died a sacrificial death, he was raised supernaturally on the third day? Would you believe like Heather has that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father except through him? And would you see, choose, 
Would you choose to put your faith and confidence, no matter what has happened in your life up until this point, put your confidence in what Jesus has accomplished for you and live the rest of your life following his example. You have that opportunity even today, even in a tough situation and a tough topic, we pray that you would find the greatest source of healing and hope, and that's in the person of Christ. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for your grace that abounds all over our lives. And we thank you so much for what you've done in Heather's. We love you and we pray in the great name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Once again, would you thank Heather tonight? Thank you.